continue our series lessons from Jesus and in part four we are looking at the simplicity of Jesus the simplicity of Jesus part one was what was part one who can tell us what was part one pardon me Jesus fasted what was part two Jesus prayed what was part three Jesus heals Okay, so this part four, I was like, Jesus simple, or Jesus is simple. I was trying to go with the same uh, theme, but it didn't work out, so I just uh, searched for the simplicity of Jesus. So as we know, we have four sections. We have the open section, the study section, the commit section, and the closing um, section. To open the um, study today is a question, how would you describe your life at the moment? How would you describe your life at the moment? Simple or complex? Simple or complicated? How will you describe your life at the moment? Who wants to go? How would you describe your life? I mean, anybody, everybody has a life, so anybody can answer this question. How would you describe your life at the moment? Is this simple? Is it currently simple? Is it currently complicated? Is it complex? Um, how would you describe your life at the moment? Okay, I will go with Pastor Nina's style. I will call people <laughs> by name since you don't want to volunteer. So let's go. How would you describe your life at the moment? Okay, give her the mic. Yeah. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Can you put on the mic before giving it to them? It's on. So that means... Hello. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the living Jesus. Hallelujah. I will say my life is simple now. Okay. For now, because then my life was so complicated. Wow. Then, yes, because um, um, someone that is, um, um, how will I call my character now? <laughs> then, <laughs> I'm somebody that is so, so much angry. Right. So much, sir. Hmm. That if you offend me, I will not forgive you. Hmm. I can keep malice for years. Yes, I keep malice for years with anybody. I don't bloody care. But I thank God for Jesus. Amen. Yes, my life is so simple now. Even if you do something that is so... Well, I just overlook it. I say, well, Father, forgive them. For they know not what they are doing. Amen. They don't know what they are doing. Amen. I thank God for that. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else, how would you describe your life presently? Would you say it's simple? Would you say it's complicated? Thank you for that um, response, Ma. Anybody else, how would you describe your life at the moment? Would you say it's simple? Would you say it's complicated? Victoria, uh, tell us. How would you describe your, your life at the moment? I'm going to call all the people that Pastor Nina calls. It makes my life very easy. You know? <laughs> How would you describe your life at the moment? Simple or complicated? Yeah. 
Simple. Simple. Okay, so explain. I mean, have you been simple from birth? No. Okay, so what made it simple? Things that would freak me out before they actually don't now. They like, don't freak you out anymore? Yes. Okay, so once you are not freaked out, your life becomes simple. No, I just <laughs> give that as an example. Just give that as an example. Okay, thank you, thank Victoria. Pastor Ivan is around. Where is she called again? Okay, yes, there's a, there's a hand there, right there. Um, <clears throat> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Um, my life now is just simple because um, I found out that then I was so insultive. Okay. Very, very insultive. I don't care who you are, I will insult you. And, and that was my thought. Okay, so your that. life is simple now. Yeah. Because you don't, you don't insult people anymore. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay, yeah. I think we should just go home because everybody's life is simple already. <laughs> Nobody life is complex. Nobody's life is complicated. Um, anybody whose life is currently complex at the moment? Anybody? So I know that there's value for this teaching. <laughs> there's value. Okay. Uh, Mrs. Sky, is your life currently complex or simple at the moment? Give her the mic. Honestly, it's complex. It's complex. Thank yes. you. So, can you? I mean, what what is complicating it? Um, what is complicating it actually is um, you know, like for example, um, this moment I'm like, okay, I'm making this decision, and then the next moment, it's like I'm deviating from that decision I made right. initially. Right. Okay. So. And, and I'm sure, thank you for, for that, and I'm sure that, I mean, um, some of us would, re, would relate with that. We, if you look at our lives, maybe our relationships are very complicated. Um, maybe we have it simple going on in, in our career, but when we look at our um, children or our, our relational life or our finances, it's complicated. You know, um, you look at your checkbook, you don't even know what is where, you know. Your finances is complicated. Your, I mean, God wants us to learn from Jesus because Jesus lived a simple life. And I'm praying that today, by the time we are done, that God will help us reorganize our priorities so that, because it's all about priorities, so that our lives can be void of complications and we can live a clearly simple life life that God has ordained for us to live. Matthew chapter 8 from verse 18 to 22. Matthew 8, 18 to 22. When Jesus saw the crowd around him, he instructed his disciples to cross to the other side of the lake. Then one of the teachers of religious law said to him, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. <laughs> Be careful of people that make this kind of commitments. Wherever you go. But Jesus replied, Foxes have dens to live in, and birds 
have nests. But the Son of Man has no place even to lay his head. Another of his disciples said, Lord, first let me return home and bury my father. But Jesus told him, follow me now. Let the dead, the spiritually dead, bury their own dead. I mean, sometimes Jesus says some things that you're wondering, did Jesus really say that? I mean, is it that callous? I mean, is it so um, antisocial or, you know, doesn't want us to honor family commitment? And Jesus is just saying, if you look at that, the passage of scriptures that we've read, the, the, the teacher of the law came to him and says, oh, I will follow you wherever you go. And he said, you want to follow me wherever I go? I don't really have a home. That's what Jesus said. Of course, we know Jesus had a house. Because the guys that, um, that was healed of, of, of paralysis, it was Jesus' house that they removed the roof and let down the guy that was sick. So we knew Jesus had a house. At least we knew his father had a house. He was a carpenter. We knew his mother had a house. And we knew he had a house. So what was he saying? So Jesus was saying, if you want to follow me, you can't hold on to anything. If you want to follow me, you have to, the things you think you have, you have to consider them not yours. And not just things, even relationships. And the follow-up question revealed that because the, the man said, I want to go bury my father. I mean, the, one of the strongest relationships is the relationship between a child and his father. True or false. So a, a child it's an honor for him to bury his father if his father lived at a good old age to die. So the son to bury his father is, is a relational duty of the son. But Jesus is saying even the closest of those our relationships, we can't hold on to them. Wow. Praise the Lord. He says we can't. We can't hold on to them. So he's saying, if you want to follow me, you have to simplify your life. Obviously, you know Jesus is saying, don't, he's not saying to us that we should not have anywhere to live. You know that's not what he's saying. But he's saying, you shouldn't hold on to your house and put it ahead of me. He's not saying we shouldn't have relationships. He's saying you shouldn't hold on to your relationships and put them ahead of me. And, and that is all the crux of, of, of when we begin to simplify our lives and learn from how Jesus simplified his life. That's the crux. There was a the time Jesus was having a meeting and, and they said to him, Oh, your mother and your brothers are outside. You know what Jesus said? Jesus said, these are my brothers. These are my mothers. This here. Jesus simplified his life so much that he's saying, look, the people I do life with, they are my brothers. 
They are my mothers. They are my fathers. I don't need... <laughs> I mean, some of us... say, eh, my daddy's outside. You abandon everything and you are said to daddy that you come back to Jesus. God doesn't work that way. God is saying, simplify your life. Start from your commitment. Start from your possessions. The things that I possess, go on to your commitment. The things that I'm committed to, simplify your life. So when somebody in church, says, I mean, church is where two or three are gathered in his name, right? So when somebody in church, you know, says to Jesus, oh, I love you, and gives him a hug, Jesus has received a, the love of a mother. Jesus is not waiting until he gets home to Mary before he receives the love of, of a mother. Simplified life. So simplicity is, I mean, this is dictionary definition. Simplicity is the state or quality of being simple. Something that is easy to understand or explain in contrast to something that is complicated. So the opposite of simplicity is complexity. Okay, so at this time, let's check our lives. Check your spiritual life. Things, can you say your spiritual life is simple or complex? Check your finances. Can you say, my finances, is it simple or is it complex? Check if you're married, my marriage. My marriage relationship, is it simple or is it complex? If you're not married, check your relationships around you. Even if you're married, we all have relationships around us. Is it simple or is it complex? Then go to the office. Even right now, travel to the office. Check the office space. Is it a simple setup or is it complex? At least as far as you can control, that is. My, my sphere of influence in the office, is it simple, is it straightforward, or is it complex? Then check every part. Then you begin to see where you need to work on and where you need to um, apply Jesus' lifestyle to create um, simplicity. Praise the name of the Lord. Someone said, E.F. Shomaka, that's his name. He says, any intelligent fool can make things bigger, more complex, and more violent. He says, it takes a touch of genius and a lot of courage to make things simple, to move in the opposite direction. Any intelligent fool can make things bigger, more complex, and violent. Now, you can say, ah, but intelligent fool, can someone be intelligent and be a fool? Of course. You can be intelligent and not be wise. Wisdom is different from intelligence. There are a lot of intelligent people, but they are fools. There are a lot of not-so-intelligent people, but they are wise. So, you don't need to be Anything special 
Any fool can cause a war. Any fool can cause trouble in the marriage. Any fool can cause chaos in your corset. Just put anybody, just anybody can create confusion in an office. Anybody can create confusion. But you see, it takes courage and strength and genius to create simplicity. So if you, if you enter a home and things are simply arranged, everything is simple, the setup is simple, believe me, the, the people behind it are courageous and, in, and, 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 and wise people. Why? Because it takes, if you look at life, it takes a lot of effort to put things in order. Have you noticed? Your house, your room. It takes a lot of courage to look at that, your corset that is intimidating you. Some of us don't want to look at that corset because we just don't want to look at it. We just want to go in and come out. It takes a lot of courage to arrange things and put them in place. The simplest things are not necessarily the weakest things. In fact, the simplest things are the strongest things. The simplest things are the strongest. When you put things in their simplest forms, they exhibit their truest, truest strength. You know, I was having a conversation with one of my daughters today and she was saying how it is so difficult to have a natural air that it's so easy to, to pump the air, you know. To keep your natural air and make it simple, actually, it's actually more difficult. I didn't know that, well, I will, practically, than to keep, what am I saying? But you understand what I'm trying to say? Okay, fine. <laughs> I don't want to complicate my communication. So, to have a natural hair is actually more difficult than to have an artificial hair. Women, it's easier to just pump the hair or put Brazilian hair or human hair or donkey hair. It's easier to do that than to keep and maintain a natural hair. But you will know and you will agree, when you are able to maintain your natural hair, you are more beautiful. <laughs> true or false? <laughs> it's true. No, no, no. No, I'm not, no punches on people that don't have natural hair. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying everybody goes, no, 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 no. I'm just telling you what I learned today, and I thought, thought that it was in line with my teaching. <laughs> the simplest is the strongest. Praise the name of the Lord. So it takes more effort to order things. It takes more effort to keep them in order. It takes more effort to put your house in order. It takes a lot of effort to maintain that order. It takes a lot of effort. So, when we, when, when we are talking about living a simple life or learning simplicity from Jesus, we are not talking about living a lousy life. We are not talking about living an, um, a, 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 um, a cheap life. We are not talking about living an inadequate life. 
we're actually talking about living life as it ought to be. So we're going to look at a couple of, of scriptures and we're going to um, have a back and forth. What are the lessons in simplicity from these passages of scripture? We're going to read the Bible passages, then you will tell us what are the lessons in simplicity. What lessons in simplicity can we learn from them? The first is Luke chapter 2, verse 7. Luke 2, 7. It says, She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for, for them. Now, what lesson can we learn from the life of Jesus from this passage? Yes. Is that, are you raising your hand? You can raise your hand. Just shoot it up above your head and it will give you a mic. Yes, sir. Can you please keep the hands up until you get a mic? You can also give the mic. The first person to get the mic can go. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Um, from this verse of scripture, I learned that clothing is not a priority. Right. There are other things more important than clothes. Right. Jesus was wrapped in strips of cloth, right. not clothed in a um, abada or one royal garment. <laughs> so we shouldn't place clothing at our forefront. Amen. Amen. Okay. I get you. Cool. So, but we shouldn't go naked either. <laughs> right. But I get you. I'm just trying to create a put a balance in there. So, but, let me just explain more what, he, what I think he's saying. It is this. Some of us, we are wearing our future as far as clothes is concerned. You, 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 you are the, the clothes you are wearing, if you had invested the money, if you open your corset, if you put all the money, I'm not, I'm not talking about you, I'm talking about some people, right? All the money in that corset, if you put it in um, some investment, I mean, it will have doubled by now, tripled, for all the years you've had those clothing. So, in that light, is that what you mean, sir? Yeah. Good. Thank you. I see contentment in this verse of the scripture. Right. Contentment in the sense that they could have opted to um, knock on someone's door, perhaps was wealthy, to say house by the sun for this time. About I mean, this was baby. God himself. Yes. So yes, he, could have, he could have chosen to come in any, any palace. In right? a magnificent way, but he just, you know, yeah. there's time for everything. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Um, okay, so, Wells, what is the lesson in simplicity that we can learn from the life of Jesus? Even from birth, even from birth, Jesus chose to be simple, even from birth. Okay, John 12, 12 to 15. Since the next day, the news that Jesus was on the way to Jerusalem swept 
through the city. A large crowd of Passover visitors took palms, branches, and went down the road to meet him. They shouted, Hosanna! Praise God! Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hail the King of Israel! Jesus found a young donkey and rode on it, fulfilling the prophecy that said, Don't be afraid, people of Jerusalem. Look, your king is coming, riding on a donkey's colt. What's the lesson? In humility. Or rather, in simplicity. <laughs> you know, you could say that this was the peak of Jesus' is, Jesus being celebrated, right? Throughout his life. I don't think this was the, the peak, apart from the, when the, the wise men came. This was the peak of Jesus being celebrated as a human being on earth. And this was just a few days before he was crucified. So, what is the lesson here in, in simplicity? What's the lesson? Who can go? Okay, there's, a hand there, there's another hand there. Um, Let's give them the mic. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Even for the fact he knew that he's the Lord, he was so simple to the extent that he did not go with any soldiers around himself. Mm. Most kings, they will go with different, like, there are soldiers around mm -hmm. them. Okay. You understand? Okay. So he was so simple to the extent that he was common, free, everybody around him. Right. Okay. Thank you very much. Yeah. <clears throat> yes, please. Yes, sir. Um, trying to compare the picture of a donkey with a horse now. Donkeys are really um, short. Mm -hmm. So even when he's sitting on a donkey, <laughs> it's probably at eye level with everybody. Everybody, yeah. Rather than be high up there, even at the peak of it. Absolutely. Of you know, the, the, the horse is, is more prestigious. So, okay, there's another hand there, but let, let me just uh, comment on those two. So, um, having, okay, let me hear the third comment, then I'll comment on the three, yeah. Okay, I think you, what you want to say is what I also wanted to say. Okay. Because um, real royalty those days will probably be riding on horses and right. gallantly. Right. But, and um, Jesus chose the road to ride on the, on the donkey. If right. I was to compare that to today's world, right. I would say the royalty are in the SUVs and the very expensive, uh -huh. Uh -huh. but Jesus chose to take a common Corolla or something. Not like that, but you know what I mean. Okay. A, a, a regular car. car. A regular car. A regular car. Yeah. Okay. Now, I mean, it's, it's big because... You could say, somebody could argue, but he rode on a donkey, but he still had a car. Why did he walk on the, with his bare feet? If, but if he knew who he was, and all the other acts, he did not mandate. He did not mandate the people to sing Hosanna. He did not mandate the people to pull down from. He did not, Funds. He did not mandate the people to put on their clothing. The only choice he made was what to ride on. And he did not choose a horse. 
He chose a donkey. He chose to be simple. Again, from birth to when he had to choose, he chose the path of simplicity. Again, it, it doesn't mean that you could say that, um, is there anything wrong with horses? Of course not. There are chariots of horses in, in heaven where it's going. It's just giving us example of how to declutter your life here on earth. <laughs> this boy is very simple. What are you guys saying? This is the shortest route to my mommy. Take the simplest route. But you see, when we grow older, when the child grows older, he wants to come to us, but if we take the longer route, you know, we hide from people. Jesus says to us, except you be like, yeah, 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 these little children, let's, let's, let's what I ask you. Really, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. The boy just said, ah, is she not there? Let's go. Okay, the next um, passage of scripture. Are, are you getting anything from this? Okay, fantastic. The next passage of scripture, put it up. Luke 19, 45 to 46. It says, Then Jesus entered the temple and began to drive out the people selling animals for sacrifices. He said to them, the scriptures declare, my temple shall be a house of prayer, but you have made it into a den of thieves. What is the lesson in simplicity here for us? Okay, the choir, two ends. Anybody else? What's the lesson in simplicity here for us? What are the lessons? Yeah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. It's not that I'm sure. I'm, I'm so very sure, but I think that because it's very hungry, could have maybe arranged some kind of maybe course on them. <laughs> um, and you were lucky that you just flogged them. <laughs> something, but he just okay. he just said he just stated simply the reason why he doesn't want them to do that. So he flogged them in simplicity. Did he flog them? He did. Oh, well, that was simple. He was a that was very simple. <laughs> okay, well, thank you. I mean, the, that's another way to look at it. He could have done much worse. He could have called fire on them. He did it, but I'm sure there's another lesson in that. Uh, passage of scripture, yeah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Um, it takes me back to the quote earlier right. on that it takes a touch of genius and a lot of courage to move in the opposite direction. Right. And so he was, so even though there was confusion everywhere and there was chaos and he can't live in a place of chaos, he's so used to the simple life that anything he sees outside of that, he wants to get rid of it. And he was so um, certain that they needed to leave so that the simplicity in his father's house would be maintained. What I say? Amen. Okay, so that is, that is also key, and that is, that's the main thing. You know, the, the place, the church, you can call it a church for, for us to relate with properly, had, had now become a marketplace. I mean, have you been to 
I'm sure we all have been to marketplaces. I'm talking about marketplaces. Even our, our malls, a lot of them are marketplaces. You know, in this sense of chaos, of rowdiness, everybody talking at the same time. There's a lot of confusion. Imagine going to mile two. Is it mile 12 now? Is it mile 12, mile 12? Mile 12 is the market. Okay, good. Having good, going to mile 12 and just chaos. God's house is a house of prayer. God's house is not a place for commerce. The church is not a place to come and buy and sell. I heard that some people load their boots with stuff today, these days, to come to church to sell stuff. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure it doesn't happen in God's baby house. I'm sure it happens in some other places. You know? <laughs> Now, now, listen, listen, listen. You will notice that every thing we do in God's favorite house is either for free at cost or less than cost. Everything. There's nothing we do for profit. Nothing. There's nothing we do for profit. Praise God. The devotionals, for instance, how much are we selling them for? A thousand. What is the cost price? Just printing alone. What's the cost price? Come on. Pardon? It's a thousand eight hundred. 800. That's the cost of printing one. But we sell it at 1,000. I see, I, when I'm autographing, I see some people's faces as if oh, we are making you rich, you know. <laughs> I kid you not. But I, I just laugh. I don't even need to explain. Doesn't matter. It's, it's irrelevant. Yes, the caps. Those caps. How much are we selling them? 5,000. How much is the cost price? 8,000. 8,000. Because the quality of those caps, you can't get them. It it costs 8,000 to produce. We sell them for 5,000. Why? Because there's nothing we do that is about profit. By the grace of God. By the grace of God. Nothing. The messages, the cost of the cities. It's what we are selling. You can download it for free. I have made up my mind. I will never sell the word of God. It's a decision I've made. I'm not going to sell the word of God. My father didn't sell it. So why should I sell it? Never sell the word of God. It's the word of, there's nothing a man has that was not given to him. For, so the, all the, okay, so all the revelations, all the has of praying, all the, the Bible study, was it not given? So f- freely you have received, if you freely give. Now, now. I know that we um, <laughs> we set up, we want to set up a kiosk right now because we know that some people are trading. So we are like, it has nothing to do with us, but we know that for them to be selling iced water, it means that maybe when people finish from church, they want to have 
highest water, right? Okay, for them to be selling um, ice cream, you mean people, maybe um, they want to buy ice cream for their children on their way home, right? Okay, so we're going to set up a kiosk and we're going to hand the kiosk to the people that are selling. It is not the church. So they will sell their stuff there. If you have issues with them, you have issues with them. You don't have issues with the church. If they make profit, it is their profit. We are not interested in their profit. Praise the name of the Lord. He says, but pastor, they will tithe. Well, if they don't tithe, they will see devourers. <laughs> the point is this. The point is this. Even the, the, the resources we are selling, the books, is to help people grow spiritually. And I don't know the details of those, but I'm sure that it's not for a profit either. The point is this. God's house should never be a place for profiteering. God's house should never be a place. The fact that we are having God ringing service doesn't mean we start selling anointing oil to, so that people want to buy anointing oil so that we will make profit. We won't do that. Okay, do people sell anointing oil? They do. Does the resource center sell it? They do. But we, as a church, we not sell it to make profit. That is an abuse. And that is what Jesus is addressing in this place. And he said, you can't turn, they were selling goats. You want to make sacrifice to God. You have to buy goats from the temple. Remember Dr. Onuzo's teaching? You have to buy goats from the temple. If you buy your own goats, they will bring it and they say, this goat has kwashoko. You know? They will not certify it correct. They will say it is lame, it is this, it is that. Until you buy from the... And guess what? The, the goat in the temple is about four times more expensive than the goat in the open market. So if you want to apply it, it is only the handkerchief and the anointing oil you buy from here that will work. If you bring your anointing oil from your house, it will not work. I mean, what is that? And Jesus says, my house shall be a house of prayer. My house shall be a house of prayer. In fact, I talked about the adult devotional. The children's devotional, the, the coverage, I think, to, how much do we sell children's devotional? 1K, right? It costs about 2,000 or 2,500 to make one. Why? Because it must be service, not profit. Say, oh, do you know the, there are some church consultants, their job is to look at the, con- the size of your congregation and see how much you can milk. This is, the po- this is how much money you can make, you know. I said to them, we are not interested in making money, we are interested in making disciples. Praise the name of the Lord. <laughs> we are interested in making disciples and, 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 and God alone takes all the glory. Okay, so that's the lesson from that. The next scripture is Mark 14. Mark 14, 43. It says, And immediately, even as Jesus said this, Judas, one of the twelve disciples, arrived with a crowd of men. Armed 
with swords and clubs. They had been sent by the leading priests and the teachers of religious law and the elders. The traitor Judas had given them a prearranged signal. Everybody say prearranged signal. And what is that prearranged signal? Is this. You will know which one. You will know which one to arrest when I greet him with a kiss. Then you can take him away under guard. As soon as they arrived, Judas walked up to Jesus and said, Rabbi, he exclaimed, and gave him a kiss. Then the others grabbed Jesus and arrested him. What is the lesson in simplicity here? I'm sure you know this already. Who can go? What's, what's the lesson in simplicity? Anybody else has not spoken? Uh, let's reserve who has spoken. Okay. Yes, sir. Anybody else? What's the lesson in simplicity? Yeah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Uh, Jesus was so simple that even the God could not, like, did not realize that he was Jesus. His life was... Judah had to kiss him before the guard could realize that, that it was Jesus. Absolutely. Praise the name of the Lord. So, that's it. Jesus was so simple that when the, the guards came to where the twelve were, they, could, they would not have been able to tell that this was Jesus. Somebody, there's another hand at the back, somebody needed to be trained with a kiss. So Judas says, this is how you will know the person because otherwise you go and carry Peter. That one is not the one who, he just has a big mouth. You know? Otherwise, you must, you may carry Bartholomew. It's not Bartholomew. It's not Tedious. It is the person I kiss. Yes. The leading priests were not wielding as much power as Jesus was, but they were all over the place. Everybody right. knew them. The right. crowds were making way for right. them. But this was a man that had come in, had turned everything in the city upside down, and no one could tell him apart from the ordinary... Absolutely. 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 So, if you entered the synagogue, would you know who the leading priest was? You will. You will. The regalia, the everything. You will know the priest. If you entered... Um, um, a lot of places, you will know who the boss is. But if you, if you come in contact with Jesus and his disciples, you will not be able to tell who the leader was. So, so what does that tell us? Many of us run businesses. Many of us are leaders. What does that tell us? Wear what your people wear. Just wear what your people wear. You can afford to wear what they cannot afford to wear. But don't wear what they cannot afford to wear. I know you can afford to wear uh, the best Pardon? I can't, I can't tell you. You, you, can afford, you know what I'm saying. But wear what, they can, what your people can afford to wear. Or rather, 
make your people afford to wear what you can afford to wear. Uh, some of us will get that on Sunday. <laughs> okay, there's, there's a hand in front here. Make your people wear, afford to wear what you can afford to wear, you know, and wear what your people can afford to wear. Yes. Praise God. It's a contribution, actually. Um, on our way to church, we're actually having this conversation as in um, dressing and things, and we're referencing Steve Jobs and uh, Warren Buffett and how these people who are actually well-to-do, you know, who have money, just simplify their life with their clothing. And, you know, you really can't pick them, except you know them or know what they look like. You can't pick them out from the streets as, you know, this is Steve Jobs or oh, this is uh, right. Warren Buffett because they dress so casually like the people that work with them. Absolutely. Praise God. Hallelujah. Every, 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 every T-shirt Steve Jobs has, everyone in Apple can afford that shirt. The shirt I'm wearing, everybody here can afford it. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Maybe not everybody. You know, some of you are students. Students can afford it. I'm talking about every average worker can afford it. It's not expensive. Everybody has jeans. Someone says, Pastor, not your kind of jeans. Those kind of his jeans is jeans. This is jeans. <laughs> Some people don't agree. <laughs> okay, mine is anointed. Yours is too. <laughs> okay. Uh, so basically, but but um, did somebody else want to say something? I hope I'm not ignoring anybody. Okay. You, there's, a, there's a hand there and there's another hand there. But basically, wear what your people wear. And, and also, empower your people to wear what you wear. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And we see that Jesus' life was so simple that Judas could have the infantry to greet him with a kiss. Come on. That's so big. I, mean, I didn't even see that. You know, Ju- I mean, it was so simple. Judas could come and, you know, are you saying that? Can you come and give me a kiss? <laughs> but, but you are not Judas now. I'm joking, I'm joking. But the question is, can't you? Now, now in our own day, eh, Kiss is not uh, the common greeting. You know. If you come and give me a kiss, I will pray for you. <laughs> but everybody can give me a hug. Everybody here, I mean, typically, you know. So that's, that would apply. And handshake, okay. And accessibility or knuckle. You know, everybody here can give me a knuckle at the least. So that's, that's like a kiss in the Semitic world. You know, so, yes, sir, that is, that's so big. They could just walk up. Nobody was shoving him away and all that stuff. It was not necessary. Do you want to say something? Yeah. Okay. We need to go. We need to go quickly. Yeah. I think, uh, just in line with what Pastor Dami was saying, I think one of the things that um, kind of echoes with everything that you've been saying um, is the, um, in, in any mental health, in terms of behavioral health, one of the key things that folks tend to... Um, screen for is grandiosity 
and I think grandiosity. Oh, being okay, grandiose. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Cool, yeah. And I feel like a lot of the time, maybe if in relation to what you're talking about, right. I feel like if folks can like kind of understand the concept behind why we're doing what we're doing, right. I wonder if that might be helpful or if right. that is truly not no, no, that's what we're fine. talking about. Sure. So if you why are you doing what you're doing? Okay. And why? are you being grandiose? Like are you having a good mental yeah. state? You know, pretty much. <clears throat> why do you have to dress flamboyantly? What is the reason behind it? What is it because you feel insecure? Or you feel other people are looking better than you, so you have to drown everybody else. Or is it because why? Why are you doing what you're doing? Okay, so that may help. But if Jesus is in your heart, it will be the reason why you are doing what you are doing. I agree. Okay, and it's simple. Okay, cool. <clears throat> so, okay, let's clap for everybody that has contributed. I mean, we've had um, a good exchange. So possibly the most challenging word and the most challenging thing Jesus ever said, possibly the most challenging thing Jesus ever said, is, is found in Luke 14, 33. It says, those of you who do not give up everything you have cannot be my disciples. That's possibly the most challenging thing Jesus has ever said. Those of you that does not give up everything cannot be my disciple. There's no way around this. Jesus actually said this. If you have a red letter Bible, it's in red. Jesus actually said it. So, you cannot be a disciple of Jesus if you hold on tightly to things. You cannot be a disciple of Jesus if you hold on tightly to things. You cannot be a disciple of Jesus if there's nothing you cannot give up for God. I mean, really. That's what, that's what God is saying. So, but, you know, we, we should realize that giving up everything starts with giving up something. So, you can feel that in, in, in the spaces you have. Giving up everything starts with giving up something. Someone says, um, uh, one day I will give 99% to God. And I will hold on to only 1%. What about you starting by giving 10% first? What about you starting by tithing? Give, give 10% first. Start with something. We know you want to give that. We know that you are passionate. What about joining governors of world? Give 20%. Give 30%. We know you are going to 99. But start with something. Declutter your life. You say, oh, I want to take care of the poor. Oh, one day, ah, God sees my heart. Let God bless me. I will take care of the poor. No, 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 no. Give. You have ten shoes. Give five away. There are people that don't have shoes. Look into your house. 
their clothes you've not worn in six months, eight months, really, apart from the one that has been handed down from generation to generation, <laughs> that you want to hand down to the next generation. Really, you don't need to give it out. You, 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 we always wait for the time we can do big things. But God is saying, why don't you start with the small things? Oh, I want to be able to feed the poor, but you are eating four square meals a day. Why do, <laughs> or three triangular meals a day. Why don't you take one out of the four meals and give it to somebody that is eating only one? Is having zero one zero. You're having one 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 one. Start with that. Or oh, 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 say that I'm going to have, I'm, I'm, I'm eating um, four times a day, I'm going to have it two times a day, and I'm going to give the remaining two times to somebody else. Start with that. Praise the Lord. Everything for 50, give stuff away. Declutter your life. Simplify your life. Why do you need 10 wristwatches. You still come late to church anyway. <laughs> if you come early to church, you know I'm not talking to you. <laughs> Why do you need 10 wristwatches? All of them are saying the same thing. Say, but, but Pastor, one is red strapped. One is uh, burgundy. One is wine. What's the difference between wine and burgundy? They look alike. Are they not the same? They are different. <laughs> Women are nodding their head. That's why you don't understand. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. But believe me, you don't need 50 wristwatches. What about all the shades of the color? Okay, what about getting one wristwatch and getting different straps? I'm just giving you ideas. Declutter your life. Let everything have, have a home. Let everything have a home. Let everything in your life have a home. Let your car, most of us, our cars have homes, right? There's a place we park them, right? Let every other thing in your life have a home. Your life becomes simple. Your keys should have a home. There should be only one place you look for your keys. Did you know? That they say that the average person would spend. Ah, it was a scary figure, I can't remember. Is it five years or seven years of their lives looking for things? Mostly keys when they want to leave the house. The average person. So you are adding life to your life. When you don't spend time looking for keys, your, 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 your shirts have a place. Your boxers have a place. Your, your pajamas have a place. There's only one place that you will see my trousers. Only one place. You will see the ones that are native. There's only one place they belong. I will never mix native with never. There's only one place my shoes belong. They may not be, you know, but there's only one place. My socks, only one place. Some of us, one socks is here, one socks is under the bed. 
There's only one place. There's only one place. There's only one place my phone goes at night. Only one place. And it's not beside me. It's downstairs. Only one place. My phone is not with me when I'm sleeping. What is it doing with me? What if somebody sent me a text? That's what? I'll sit in the morning. What if there's an emergency? Listen, 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 listen. It is only Jesus that does not slumber and not sleep. My job is to collect you to him so that I can sleep. That's my job. That's my job. I know a lot of pastors that want people to depend on them and need them as though they are God. This is not one. No. My job is to help you find Jesus. Then I can sleep. Praise the name of God. So one of the major keys to living a simple life is not to be attached to anything. Not to be attached to anything. And the second key, which I didn't put in your notes, you can write it down. To live in a simple life is what I talked about. Let everything have a home. Your wristwatches, let them go in one place. Let your perfumes be in one place. Let your necklaces go in one place. Your earrings go in one place. Your wigs go in one place. Your Brazilian hairs go in one place. Everything, one place. Everything. One place. Uh, So making... Somebody says that making the simple complicated is commonplace. Making the complicated simple, that's creativity. And, you know, the, the, the simpler... You are able to arrange your life. The, the more effective you become, the simpler you are able to tackle a task, the more effective you become. In fact, there's a, there's a correlation. If you look, put up the graph, there's a correlation between simplicity and effectiveness. And this has been proven over, over the years that as simplicity increases, effectiveness increases. It's almost a direct proportion. But as simplicity increases, effectiveness increases. The simpler you are in your kitchen, the more effective you become in producing food for your husband. Do I get an amen? <laughs> Pastor, why is it that men that like food too much like this? What is with men and food? I don't know when we get to heaven, we'll find out. <laughs> it's big. Micah 6, 8 says to us from the MSG translation, it says, but he, God, already made it plain to you how to live. And this is so powerful, this scripture. So, so powerful. We're gonna, I'm going to rush through it, but I'm praying that the Holy Spirit will give you understanding in Jesus' name. He says, but he, God, has already made it plain to you how to live, what to do. What God is looking for in men and women. It's quite simple. Everybody say simple. 
To follow God is simple. If you see somebody following God, like life is very complex and there's no very complex, you need to check which God they are following. Really. Really. It's quite simple. And what is it? Three things. Do what is fair and just to your neighbor. Be compassionate and loyal in your love to the people you do life with. Don't take yourselves too seriously. Take God seriously. Do those three things. Your life is simple. So number one, be fair and just to the people around you, to people, to your neighbor. How does this simplify your life? That's your homework. I'm not going to go into all that. When you get home, think about it and write it. Maybe you want to have collaborative Bible study. Talk about this. How does being fair and just make me simplify my life? Zechariah chapter 8 verse 17 says, keep your life simple and honest. You see, because it's difficult to be dishonest and to live a simple life at the same time. Do you know that? Because if you are dishonest, you have to Think of another dishonesty to cover the previous dishonesty, then another dishonesty to cover the previous... Before you know it, your whole life is convoluted. To be compassionate and loyal. How does this simplify my life? Homework number two. How does it simplify my life? How does being compassionate and loyal simplify my life? Write it down. I'm not going to go into it. Zechariah chapter 7, verse 4 to 6 says, God, the God of the angel armies, gave me this message for them, for you, for all the people and for the priests. When you held days of fasting, every fifth and seventh month, all these 70 years, were you doing it for me? God is asking. And when you held feast, was that for me? And God says, hardly. He says, you are interested in religion. I am interested in people. God says, you are interested in religion. I'm interested in people. You're interested in, oh, I fasted 40 days. I did this, I did this, I did that. I did that for God. God is saying, how has that affected your neighbor? How has have that translated to loyalty to your friend? How has that translated to loyalty to the people around you? How has that made you more compassionate? How you fasted, but you are as mean as ever. You have fasted and you have prayed. You are as wicked as ever. Thank God for all the people that have shared that they used to be angry, they used to be abusive, but God has changed them. Their lives are simpler. And we give God the glory for all that. Praise the name of the Lord. Yeah, let's give God a grand, big round of applause for changed lives. I said, that's what God is saying. And number three, don't take yourself too seriously. But take God too seriously. Sometimes we take ourselves too seriously. We take ourselves too seriously. And we also take the people we do life with too seriously. The man is just joking. But you have been angry from morning till night. The guy is just playing. It's just a joke. Isn't it? But I'm not finding it funny. Okay, don't take yourself too seriously. Hmm. 
Laugh at your mistakes. Laugh at yourself. Don't take your children too seriously in the sense that your children are going to upset you. They're going to let you down. You want them to get 99% in maths, but they will get 95. Still take them out for popcorn. Don't be too mean. Like you, you, I said you will get 99, you got 98. I'm going to punish you. What's that? It's too hard. <laughs> and I'm preaching to myself. <laughs> Don't take yourself too seriously. Don't take your spouse too seriously. Don't take your husband too seriously. Don't take your wife. I mean, if you're married for maybe two years, you know what I'm saying. If you take your spouse too seriously, that is one of the surest way to high blood pressure. They are going to do things that <laughs> you will be like, what? When did I marry this guy? When did I marry this woman? Me? I married this, this person? How did that happen? Don't take yourself too seriously. Questions. There's a lo- whole lot we've, 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 um, we've zoomed past, zoomed through. Again, I encourage you to go back and sit down with these questions and, and God will, will, will teach you himself in Jesus' name. Do you have any questions about what we've, we've heard or thought today? Yes, sir. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Um, I just want to ask, Pastor. So, the big organizations, one of the ways they make life easy is to say that we will do, we will do stuff or we'll have procedures that we operate the same way in several places, several countries, so that everybody knows what to do. Very right. easy. So, can one say that to be simple, number one, you've got to be very organized. You can say, to be simple, you have to be organized, and also you have to be able to follow routine. Do something the same way, the same time, you know, regularly. Is that a fair thing to say? Yeah, it is, but someone, someone says that process is man's way of complicating simple things. <laughs> something like that, you know. But process are actually is actually the way of simplifying complex things. So, to be simple, you must be able to follow routine. Is that what you are saying? The answer is yes. You know, you must be able to. But you must not be too attached. If you, all those organizations also, you know, one of the reasons they keep bringing consultants in to work on their strategy and their processes is because you can't be too attached to your process. You know, the res, you, you, you should be attached to your objective. This is the objective. This is what we want to achieve. So you build your strategy around that. You can't say, oh, this is how we have been, but your competitors are evolving. So over time, you'll be, you'll be left in the dinosaur years. So you have to keep reinventing yourselves. So while, yes, you have to follow the processes, the processes are meant to be challenged and improved. And until that is challenged, it goes through the, every organization has a change management process. It goes through the whole cycle and is adopted until then. You follow the process. Yes. Yes, sir. Um, Pastor, how, how do you maintain simplicity in a complex environment? Mm. Because 
sometimes you find yourself in situations where this thing is actually very simple. But people thrive in the complexity. And sometimes it's a time, you know, people want to feel important. There's status to it. You don't want to make it look ordinary. Right. But it's actually simple. Right. And you sit in the room and you ask yourself, but why is this thing so complex? So, how do you manage that? It depends on, it depends on, still hold on to the mic, because it depends on your role in that room. If, if you are, uh, if you are the boss, there's a way you, you should respond. If, if you have bosses and you have subordinates, there's a way you should respond. If you are the boy and everybody is bigger than you, there's a way you should respond. You know, so but basically, if you have to um, clarify the simplicity of the issue, you should just do it. But you should be careful of people's egos and people's um, politics. You know, some people try the complexity, but if you are the boss, you have an objective. This is where we want to go. I mean. We all have, have those kind of colleagues. They just like thriving, complicating matters. You know, they just come and bamboozle everybody. And you're like, but this is what we want to achieve. So if you are the boss, it is your responsibility to kindly sit him down and still point the way in simplicity. If you are not the boss, you want to read the room and find out where is the boss tilting. Is this sincere in his quest? Some bosses are not sincere in their quest for solutions. If he's sincere in his quest, would he, is it better for me to talk to him one-on-one than to spill it in the open? Then I have guns pointed at me. Everybody pointing the guns at me. But it is the nature of man to complicate simple things. Thank you. You're welcome. Does that help? Okay. Thank you. Okay, fantastic. So, the nature of matter complicates is simple thing. This is, you are moving this vehicle from here to, it's very simple. Just move from here to there. There's no need for complexity. Thank you, sir. Anybody else? Yes, sir. Mine is actually a contribution. Okay. I think um, when we look at a thing that is simple in its nature, I think it's more complex to be simple. Because when you look at someone that is doing something that is simple, you say, why is he doing it like this? But when you see something complex, you say, well, that ain't savvy. But when something is simple and it's working, people try to question it. Why, why is he doing it like that? And it's working. Right. Just a contribution. Absolutely. So, so hey, you know, same thing. Fast trade, you know. People like razzmatazz, you know. And some pastors have discovered that that is what people like, so they give them razzmatazz. <laughs> you know, I kid you not, you know. I've had, you know, people say to me, you are too simple. It's just, is it just like that? Okay, I'm talking to you. I feel God is telling me something. I just tell you like that and I move on. I just move on. 
He said, no, 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 you don't do that. You have to make her come to your office. Then God has already told me what to tell her. I just tell her, I move on. Then you make her kneel down. Then you say, <laughs> then, you know, but interestingly, it is those kind of people that people, ah, God, what has God said? But, you know, many sometimes, I don't know if you remember, some time ago I used to say the Lord, I just say the Lord as much. I say to people, don't think because I'm not jumping and somersaulting. Focus on God, right? And that's the reason we said we gravitate towards comp- the complex and the confusing. And we live the simple where God is. Remember when God wanted to talk to Elijah? He says he went to the fire. God was not. The earthquake, God wasn't there. But it's still small voice. God was there. So many times, we, the scripture says, people heap for themselves teachers because they have itchy ears. There are things they want. They want to hear prophecy. They want to hear this. So God says, I will give you people that will be giving you prophecies. Don't worry. <laughs> but that is not us in Jesus' name. We will follow God. There was a, a man that, was, that met another man on, in, in fasting. I've, I've shared this story before. The guy has been fasting without food for 21 days. He was almost dying. And he saw him. And he says, ah, what's the problem? He says that, oh, he met the prophet. And the prophet says that his sins are too many. That for those sins to be forgiven, he needs to do 21 days fast. And, 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 and this guy says to him that, listen, there is someone that has died for your sins. His name is Jesus. And the man was trying to convince him that that prophet was right. If you know the, my sins, there are plenty. The prophet was correct. And this man says, no, just believe in Jesus. And it will take away your sins. And guys, is it that simple? You know, we, we'd rather add works. When Jesus says, no, it is by faith. We'd rather add works so that we can feel that we have done something. Pastor, what's the, what's the sacrifice I have to give? No, there's only one sacrifice that is valid. And it's the sacrifice on the cross of Calvary. Done 2,000 years ago for you and I. It's pure, it's valid, it's constant, it's consistent. Praise the name of the Lord. Okay, there's a hand there. Uh, okay. Good evening, Any, sir. Good evening. Just hold yes. on. Anybody else have a question? Um, anybody else want to contribute? Have a question? Okay, so that's the last person. Okay. So go ahead. Yeah. It's not a question. It's in line with what um, Johnson said and what okay. you said. Sir. I was talking to a colleague today and we were talking about, you know, these false prophets, you know, their trend now is to, like you said, the razzmatazz. And the question that was hanging over, you know, our heads at that point was, why are people falling for this? And then I said that, you know, like you said, uh, you know, Christ had paid the price, but people don't read their Bibles and, and Christ paid the price for us to have a personal relationship, but people would rather meet these men of God that would do weird things and they would fall for it like I was my husband and I we watched a video of a man that was on the phone in church and the the so-called sister was kneeling 
and he was talking on the phone and saying yes, hello. Is that heaven? I, I was shocked that in this age and time, and then another that the, show, the colleague was showing me of a man who would lie on a woman on a wheelchair. And I'm like, you know, they clearly these people, are, you know, this is what they like. You know, when it is simple, like he's saying, they would wonder, uh, is that all? But no. they want, you know, razzmatazz. And, no. and that is actually darkness because She's these darkness. people are not, they, by, there's nothing anyone can tell me. They are false prophets. Absolutely. You know, so I just thought to say. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and, and they come in all sorts of shapes. Those are, the, those are the, even the obvious ones, the obvious ones to, to those of us like this. You know, somebody mistakenly sent some WhatsApp message to me. It started with the guy praying some serious prayers. And he says, say amen. Put your hand on your head. He was giving clear instructions. And by the time you have followed all those types of instructions, then, it was, then before you know it, it switched to him being your spiritual cover. As your spiritual cover, I am saying this will never happen to you. And I'm like... What? So I called the person, are you, are you out of your senses? Why are you sending this to me? She was like, it's an it's, it's error. I'm like, it's a good error. Come, let me knock your head for you. <laughs> then obviously, they don't, they don't forget to give the bank accounts. <laughs> oh, they always give the bank accounts. <sighs> Again, it's because people... I've refused the light. So they will be given over to darkness. You will not be given over to darkness. In the name of Jesus. Okay. Our commitment. Let's read together. One to go. Today, I commit not to be attached to anything. Okay, let's read after me. Today, I commit not to be attached to anything. I will declutter and simplify my life by being fair and just and compassionate and loyal. I will not take myself too seriously, but I will take my God seriously. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's bow our hearts as we bow our heads and let's just take this commitment and make it ours. And for some of us, we have different areas that um, appeal to us. We have different areas that appeal to us. We have different areas that God is speaking to us about. Why don't we talk to God about it? Yet for some of us, it's in the simplicity of Christ that we need to come and receive salvation. You know you need salvation today. You need to receive salvation today from Jesus and from Jesus alone. You're like, Pastor, pray with me. I want to believe today. I want to put my faith in Jesus. And Jesus alone. Oh, I used to be with God, but I have complicated my work with God. I want to simplify it. I want my faith in Christ to be pure and simple. Pray with me. Put up your hand over your head. I will pray together. Now put up your hand, put up your hand well over your head. I will pray together. Pastor, that is me. That is me. Put it up boldly. There's nothing to be ashamed about. If you're online, the structures are scrolling. The rest of us, let's talk to God. For some of us, it's our closet. 
Oh, it's in shambles. Just say, Lord, help me. Let everything in my life have a home, number one. Number two, I will not be attached to anything. I will not be attached to anything. Oh, Father, I thank you. I give you praise and glory. Lord. Thank you for listening to this. I want to encourage you to share this resource with your family and friends. God bless you. Oh.